Good morning, Unstoppable fam. Thank you everyone for tuning in today on a lovely Friday morning. We are excited to have a space to, today for you guys um, with some awesome Unstoppable updates to get through and a really special guest um, from Raramo. We're going to be talking about something that I think applies to everybody across Web3, which is keeping the space human. So thank you again for joining me. My name is Phil, a.k.a. Phil.x. I'm on the Unstoppable team, and joining me on the Unstoppable side is none other than Sandy Carter. Sandy, how's it going today? It is great. It's Friday. GM, 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 everybody. And welcome to our great partner who's on the line, Raramo, which we'll get to here in just a couple of minutes. But we're so excited to have you guys here with us today and to chat a little bit about what you guys are bringing to the table. So thanks for being here and happy Friday. Hopefully everybody's got something interesting planned for the weekend. What are you doing, Phil? You're doing something fun. I might be getting out into a uh, Valley of fire, which is right outside of uh, Vegas here. So that should be pretty fun. Looking forward to it. How about yourself? And would also love to hear what our guest of honor, Lasha, you have anything fun planned for the weekend? Hey, happy Friday. Uh, nice for like having me. Hi, Sandy. Hey. I feel and rest of the audience. And definitely, I'm, I'm actually like in a bit of a different situation. So I'm not going to be like enjoying my weekend because I traveled to Ukraine uh, mm. a day ago. But like an amazing spirit still. Oh, yeah. So happy to be here. Yeah. Well, um, Good luck getting in and getting out and uh, stay safe while you're there. My, uh, my very best friend married a, a gentleman from the Ukraine. And so I know that they just left and went back to go visit his mom that is there. So good luck getting in and out and please stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Will do. Perfect. Let's... Uh move on the like positive note. yeah let's do it so what i thought i might do is um so lasha we we usually start out with some unstoppable news so phil i think i'm going to go ahead and start with that first just so everybody's kind of caught up on everything that we've got going on that sound good sounds good yeah it's been a crazy busy week over at unstoppable so it'd be awesome to, to give everyone the rundown of what we've been up to yeah. So first, let's talk about, um, you know, we talked about Unstoppable being that one-stop shop for Web3 domains. And so now we've added new identity features to make that .eth experience even better. So if you remember, we had announced that auto renewal, the ability to buy .eth with a credit card or PayPal, um, and now what we do is we have several more features that we also want to talk about. So the first one is you can now buy .eth in bulk. And I've already seen several folks doing that, which is pretty darn cool. You can now use .eth to log in with Unstoppable. So we have over 500 applications and dApps and metaverses. So now you can use your .eth, so sandy.eth to log in. I guess I should say Sandy Carter because I don't own Sandy. Um, you can also build your unstoppable profile and there's no gas fees required. That means you can connect your, uh, you know, your wallet, your socials, uh, picture, that sort of thing. And we'll have more advanced features coming. We've also, um, because of that integration, we've also added an encrypted email so through skiff um, so now you can use that with your .eth domain as well but i know this is really important to several folks in the um you know web3 community and ethos and then um, finally we have uh, push alerts on the iphone so you can stay updated on your profile and messages and yes the android is coming soon so a lot of big focus on ensuring that .eth is there and we love, I know we have several members of the .eth community or ENS community here as well, so welcome. The second really huge piece of news that we did, uh, and oh, you know what, let me try out my new, I love those new sound effects, Phil. <laughs> Hopefully I won't use them too much. Uh, the second big piece of news is we announced Unstoppable Messaging. 
Um, and I love this coming from BD. This idea actually came and surfaced from some of our partners, uh, primarily Polygon. And so we announced this week live uh, P2P or person-to-person -person messaging on top of XMTP. And that means because we based it on XMTP, we are interoperable with other platforms. So, uh, you know, we've been working with Lens and Coinbase Wallet. Um, everybody asks, is it encrypted and decentralized? It absolutely is. So if anything ever did happen to Unstoppable, you still have all those messages that are access accessible to you. And then I'm really excited about messaging for businesses. So business to user or what everybody's calling B2U messaging as well. So we announced that with Push Protocol, another partner. And what that means is that as a company, you'll now be able to send messages to any badge holder, or I love to call it a community, and that will get stronger engagement. So you can now say, hey, we're announcing this new product, or we got this event, or this new thing just happened. Very, very, very powerful. So we're super excited um, for those two announcements as well. Um, but wait, we're not done. Uh, we also did a major airdrop yesterday, $69 million of credit. And why did we do that? We did that because we wanted to reorchestrate our pricing so that it met with the market needs and requirements that exist out there today. And so, you know, I've been getting lots of DMs and everything and um, because of the, of the great airdrop that went out there. So that was $69 million. If you didn't catch that, we did send you an email. <clears throat> so if you had purchased previously, um, you know, anything, you'll, you would have got an email. It would talk about your credits. And if you go into your account, log into your account, you'll also see those promo credits sh uh, show up. So that was awesome. And then, of course, Magic Eden. Um, we're doing mystery boxes with Magic Eden. We've sold 401 of those so far. Uh, those are super cool because you never know what you're going to get. Those domains are a surprise in the box. Um, it's about $40 for a box, and then you'll get that unveiled, and it's really super cool. So we've already had 401 of those sold. So if you'd like to do that, we also have those Magic Eden boxes too. So that was a lot, Phil. We have a lot of news, and I do want to say thank you. We've got tons of whales out there from our community on the line, as well as tons of partners. I see um, Metarides out there. I see uh, Daniel from Lens out there. I see some of the folks from uh, .eth out there. So thank you guys all for coming and showing up too. So, um, it, so after the announcements, what I'd like to do is now just kick off. We had another major announcement with a Rarimo and Alash is here to talk about that. I do want to thank you ahead of time for your partnership because it has just been fabulous and what you guys are doing are super cool. And I'm gonna pass it over to Phil. He's gonna ask you some questions and then I'm gonna come back and ask you some questions too. So now let's move over and hear a little bit about what Rarimo brings to the table. Phil, take it away. Awesome. Yeah, I just Thanks wanna so like, much. yeah, go ahead. Highlight and thank you, Sandy, for uh, definitely an amazing partnership and the phase of, that you're doing with shipments of this new product and we felt ourselves how smooth and quick and everything, this partnership and deployment that happened between our solutions. Uh, so really enjoyed working with you. Yeah, we feel the exact same. So thank, thank you so much. I actually got to meet Kitty um, live in person. And, and so that was kind of fun. And then we've been doing lots of calls. So anyway, Phil, to get us kicked off, why don't you take Amazing. it away and, and uh, let's deep dive with Lasha and Rarima. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sandy. And uh, thank you, Lasha, for joining us today. Uh, the way that we usually like to kind of kick off these uh, partner spaces is just learning a little bit more about yourself, your background, and specifically, you know, what was it that kind of brought you into Web3? What was it that got you hooked on this space? Sure. Thanks, Phil. Uh, a bit of background info on myself. So I'm in the space since 2014, uh, but had a always kind of infrastructure builder, heavily focused on uh, uh, around the technology pieces and how could be used for the different governance models or the real 
businesses. So uh, I've been like building with my team uh, several times, delivering the products on the market. Uh, currently, my role is as co-founder of Rarify Labs, and uh, we're working on advancing the protocol that Sandy mentioned, uh, Rarimo, which is focused on interoperability aspect for digital social identities. And just like before I branch out towards that decision, uh, towards that uh, direction, I want to like highlight as well that exactly like 10 years ago when I tapped into Web3, I was working on the up now, like the early days and first steps of digital identities, but from a governmental perspective. So I was working with the Ukrainian government. I had a kind of a, a lot of research and uh, connections towards the back then Estonian deployment of digital uh, residency and the digital signatures that were given out uh, to non-resident entrepreneurs across the world. So it was, it was a bit of a, like a different world. And now when um, we started to focus on these digital social identities, what happened really and what we realized is that we had enough maturity from a technology perspective, and on the other hand, maturity from the digital interactions, social space, majorly could be said like driven by COVID and the like post-COVID kind of uh, interactions between the customers and the, the companies. So everything became, in my opinion, more open and all bringing these components together. I think that, yeah, we, we're at the maturity level where these social identities will become an intrinsic part and can become a really daily used tools um, for our digital interactions. Yeah, I always love hearing how people come into the space because it's always, you know, sort of different origin stories. And I think this is one of the first times I've heard of someone kind of, you know, coming at it from the government side and, you know, working on digital identity identity for governments. Um, you know, and that, that makes it really clear to me why this idea around proof of humanity has been something that really stuck with you. Um, you know, maybe for our, our audience who isn't super familiar with it, could you kind of yep. uh, tell them a little bit more about proof of humanity and why you think it's so important? Definitely. I'll, I'll talk about the proof of humanity, which I think what we need to highlight here is that proof of humanity is like an identifier and verification process that is, has become, I would say like digital, digital type of product. So you don't have in a physical world or any government issued ID depicting that you're a human, right? So it, it's a kind of like, for some people, it, it sometimes it doesn't make sense why you need to prove that you're a human. But as uh, if we look at the overall interactions within the internet and the problems that have been emerged right recently with the misinformation or using the bots to flood and spam uh, the channels of uh, people uh, finding out or reading out the news. So it has been, it has become a massive issue. And overall to tackle this problem within the digital, digital realm, proof of humanity is, is definitely a product that could be uh, widely used and uh, it could become, I would say a very, um, it could become an intrinsic product within our every interaction or exchange of information going forward. And uh, yeah, well, like one thing I would add that, so all these new identifiers, like being a human or like proving that you're not a bot or like, proving your social following within the space. So it's, it, it's, these are the components of a wider social identity. And we're looking at this space, I would say like zoomed out, even from a, like, beside that having this kind of government background of working on digital identities, I think that like government and regu regulatory forced products and s solutions 
this is a kind of a different world. And that's what most of the people associate with when we talk about identification, about the kind of proving, uh, proving your I don't know, age or the ability to like, participate in this or that uh, activity. But uh, we believe that like this overall social identity space is much wider. And yeah, proof of humanity is, I would say, an exclusive product driven out of the need and utility of the current internet. And it has nothing to do with an origins of a government uh, regulated uh, uh, verification. Yeah, absolutely. You know, proving that you're, you're human online in the digital world we live in is totally important, you know, in and of itself. You know, that's completely separate from how governments are looking at using digital identity. Um, and it's really interesting to see that sort of transition where, you know, people are valuing, you know, their digital identity online, being able to own that and being able to prove you're human is obviously a, a big part of, you know, how a complete digital identity. Um, you know, we'd love to kind of hear how, you know, Raramo and Stop work together to make uh, this whole process of proof of humanity verification even easier. Yeah, in case of unstoppable domains, I think it was it was a really good finding when we started uh, initially thinking about, in general, about what does it mean to prove that you're a human within the space, right? And now there's like a huge debate about what is the like optimal optimal way of proof your humanhood and uh, I would say now we have like these two branched out directions which is more like biometric related and we've heard uh, the name of some of the companies that are using this biometric data to prove your humanhood and generating the credentials out of it that you can take across the different ecosystems but another direction that we realized could be like more smoothly and um, uh, conventionally used is something related to your social online activities and uh, so-called like social graph. And when we started working on this proof of concept initially, we thought like, oh, like unstoppable domains and the fact that a person while purchasing a domain or like they're doing like much more within your ecosystem. They're building up their profile, their identity, they're like enriching their uh, domain with like the different like NFTs, uh, uh, tokens, like credentials. And we realized that basically all the activities, if a person within your ecosystem has purchased and even done a financially, uh, financially important, financially important uh, uh, action to purchase a domain. So they could be considered as being a human. So that's how we approached Unstoppable Domains and we started uh, the integration process basically and aggregating the different service providers uh, alongside Unstoppable Domains uh, to build out this kind of optionality and aggregated view for an end customer who wants to prove that they're, they're human and not bought into participating in different quests, rewards or uh, digital activities. Yeah, it's really cool to hear how you kind of leverage the existing activity, you know, that people are already, you know, undertaking in connection with their Web3 domains and figuring out ways to kind of use that to, you know, verify that, uh, you know, it's a human probably acting behind that. That's that, that's really fun to kind of hear how you already leverage that. Um, you know, Sandy, I would love to kind of hear, you know, from the unstoppable side, what have you been excited about with this partnership? What are some of the interesting ways that you're, you're seeing uh, Raramo and Unstoppable work together? Well, first of all, um, you know, Lasha and the team have very similar philosophy. And that's one thing you look at for a great partnership. Um, they believe in digital identity and the power and the value that a digital identity brings into not just the web three space, but also into the web two space. So that was really the first one. Um, the second one was the power that they brought in this proof of humanity plugin for the web three dApps. And a couple um, you know, that I thought were really interesting that, that they brought to the table were Galaxy, 
And I know, you know, many of the whales know that we're using Galaxy right now. Um, we leverage Galaxy for quests. And, um, you know, as you're doing a quest, you don't want to have a bunch of bots that are, you know, driving up your quest or, you know, falsely, um, falsely, you know, tweeting or retweeting. You really need that protection. So the fact that Raramo has this plugin and they have this community building platform and they're able to leverage that with Galaxy, you know, was really, really powerful for us. Um, the other partner, you know, that they brought in too was Decentraland via DCL Curations, uh, which I also thought was very powerful. Uh, you know, we've been working with Decentraland, but now having the ability as you enter Decentraland to ensure that, again, you're, you know, you are human, you are not a bot, I think is, is also very powerful. And then, Phil, you know me. So, you know, I love to work with FIRST. And uh, Lasha and the team at Raramo were the, really the first verification aggregator for Web3 identities. And that's really cool, right? Think about that. The industry is maturing. And what he's brought to the table is something really needed and very valuable, but also first of a kind, this, this aggregation for Web3 identities. So now you've got a real tangible use case for blockchain technology and combating anything that's a digital identity related issue caused by a bot or AI or an AI generated agent. Um, and, you know, we like to be part of first. Uh, Unstoppable is an innovation machine, as you heard from all the stuff that we just announced this week. And so partnering up with uh, Raramo really made uh, just a lot of sense for those three major reasons. Yeah, I definitely agree on the philosophy side. So uh, even not only from like technically working together, but it was it was overall our aim from day one to not only show the parts of the technology, how we merge together Unstoppable Domains, Rarimo and other service providers, but really come up with an end-to-end -end use case that is tangible. And I think like that is what missing within the Web3 in most cases that we have like infrastructures or technology stacks or just like modules, which are like revolutionary. Yeah, in most cases from a technical perspective, but for an end user, it does not translate into a tangible product. And the fact that we ran this and the campaign is still running. So for the next two weeks, uh, the users are able to go into Galaxy, participate in the quest, have this kind of optionality of proving their uh, personhood. What's most important, we've showed not only the proof of personhood implemented, but we as well implemented the zero knowledge proofs within this use case. And this is like mega important because we've all heard that privacy and identity are the two major building blocks of the social identities. But in real use, how a user should generate and even from an unstoppable domains perspective. So we take the fact and the proof that somebody has purchased a domain, but on the other side, while providing a proof of, on a Galaxy Quest platform, so a user of Unstoppable Domain does not reveal what type of domain they own or any other additional data. So they're using this ZK piece in real use case to just provide the proof of ownership of a domain and be completely like abstracted from any risks of revealing uh, any data towards that. And I think like, yeah, putting all these tech pieces, ideology, end-to-end -end use cases and it's huge collaboration, right, across the board with different brands. Uh, it's a very unique experience we went through and definitely like cheering for the team and the unstoppable domains that we were able to pull, pull it in such a short, I, I would say in a highlight, in a very short time period. Yeah, I, lo I love that. And you guys, um, you know, not only in a short time period, but we – you know, we had some additional dApps that were coming in and you guys were able to use zero proof as you were moving forward. So uh, I think, you know, I love that if you're a partner thinking about partnering with Unstoppable, 
um, you know, reach out to some of our other partners. They can tell you how easy it is to do that integration. And I love what Lasha said about the power of the real use case, right? We didn't just integrate to send out a press release. In fact, Lasha was really clear. He wanted a really powerful use case that was not just valuable to Unstoppable and Raramo, but to our users as well. And I think that's why it's, uh, you know, so important. I think that's why we have so many whales on the call right now, too. Um, I've talked to many of them talking about the power of this privacy and security that is now brought to the table through the partnership with Raramo. Absolutely. And I know you're all about utility, Sandy. It's, it's one of your favorite things about Web3 domains. So, I, I, you know, it's no surprise to me that this has been such a, an amazing partnership. Um, I just have one more question for you, Lash, right now before we kick it, kick it over to Sandy for a little bit. Um, you were mentioning zero knowledge proofs in there as, you know, one of the uh, key parts of this process. For the less technical in our audience, could you give us a little bit of an overview about, you know, uh, zero knowledge proofs and how you're using them? Sure. In a simple terms, zero knowledge proofs, uh, they just enable one party to prove to another that a certain statement about their identity or their action or their like ownership is true without revealing any additional information. Just, just to give an example, for example, a user can prove through zero knowledge proofs that they're over 18 without revealing their exact date of birth and the age. In case of unstoppable domains, I, I mentioned that and I will just repeat that within the proof of humanity solution, you could prove to an application on the other side, like DCL curation library within the central end and uh, the Galaxy Quest, that you owned unstoppable domain, but the, uh, the information of what type of domain or any other about your identity was not revealed on the other side. And this is this is like a real, like once again, this is a real identity-related use case of this technology. Um, and uh, yeah, in simple terms, this is how the kind of magics of cryptography work. I love that. And and you are so awesome at explaining real technical terms and with simplicity. I'm curious, Lasha, um, you know, trust is a big issue now. There's this thing called the Edel Edelman Trust Barometer. And trust overall has been going down since the introduction of artificial intelligence and all these bots that are out there. So tell us why you think that proof of humanity helps address this trust deficit online? I would start with like our own uh, experience and how it all started. So we realized that like as ourselves as a company and the kind of protocol, uh, protocol push here. So we wanted to build out a community that is healthy and we wanted to like have this kind of connection of early to the early builders and we were like looking at different solutions that existed on the market and the quest platforms overall and this direction was was something that would uh that would like i would say like shed a light straight away on the new emerging product and uh could bring the initial attention from a community building perspective and then we realized that the more activity we did uh we started to have more and more bots approach, follow us, and basically started to spam and misguide and re-incentivize itself the early community we had. So we realized that this trust, that especially for the startups and the early stage that should be built between the early customers, your users, your testers, and the builders on the other side, the, this proliferation of bots and like the content and this like ability to post like unhumane number of comments and stuff, it, it really ruined the required uh, connection for success and developing a product. And I think like this pattern repeats more and more across the digital realms. 
And not only the startups and the companies suffer from it, but even on the individual level, people start to suffer by this misinformation, by the content production. And today, like if we look overall at the AI scene, and especially like last year, it gives us a glimpse um, how this track could accelerate. Because if we are talking now and referring bots as, I would say like automated uh, simple algorithms to generate content or like the activities with the advancement of AIs, we will have a more advanced, uh, um, I would say autonomous agents. And it will be even sometimes hard to differentiate from like a visual or just reading or like scoring perspective if it is about spam misinformation or if it was really tailored to an end user. And uh, yeah, looking at the future of internet, AIs, I think this threat is really tangible and something we already feel and uh, something that societies in general have uh, suffered, not to talk about the startup scene, like I mentioned. So yeah, and uh, I'll repeat the proof of humanity in different forms. And I I, I just need, I, I just want to highlight here that we're not advocating and I don't, I don't envision a future where there is like one single standard of verification. How do you prove that you're a human versus bot? I, I believe in kind of diversity and itself, the product proof of humanhood to be a very dynamic and depending this trust building, right? Even in, from a verification perspective is something that will happen between two agents, the verifier and the client. So uh, I think like, having this openness within um, within this solution for antibots and uh, AI misinformation is super important going forward. And um, how, do you, how do you see that, you know, if we just continue to build on that, how do you see that trust and the, and the work that you're doing in that, you know, bot abuse impact area, how do you see that impacting the user experience? So I see, you know, I see Seaport in the audience and, um, I'm assuming Hermie from MetaRides, and I see my dear friend from Levin on there. Um, how does that impact their personal experience? I think like um, it depends on the product and the interaction and it will more or less differ. But if we talk about like from the NFT perspective, digital art perspective, or like the certain uh, harm, that is done by bots and this automated solutions is uh, is I, I would say like very speculative, but sometimes a deadly action towards the price management, right? So if you look at the physical worlds, and I'll just give an example, right? So NFTs as a scared value resource to be traded, it's important to have a healthy community as an owners, as a believers, as a people who like really interested behind the idea of the project and community health. Um, and uh, sometimes like using AI bots and it's, uh, it, it just like ruins, I would say the uh, economics and the idea behind all these kind of healthy communities. And it becomes a challenge. Once again, we've seen a lot of projects recently, even with the protocol deployments where, where instead of like concentrating on early problems and utilities of a certain aspects of things. So community is taken over by this speculative uh, buzz that is mostly driven by the bots and AIs. And at certain points, when you're an inexperienced builder, you think that this is the sentiment on the market. So you kind of repurpose your resources, your time towards building and uh, basically working on bots who are just, who could be just like simply interested into like flipping a token or like just exiting with like two eggs and that's it. And I think that this is, this is a serious threat within Web3 realm and space and having a genuine people who are interesting at like you even like from at first stage like deferring the real humans from the bots and building up the healthy communities is super important especially in the decentralized web3 
world and uh, we need to tackle it and we need to make these solutions work and be used uh, already like today tomorrow uh, to make sure that the product developments and what's most important the customer centric improvements are delivered on the market and we're not just like going into the same circle of this kind of bots and speculative uh, takeovers uh, within the projects. Mm, Very interesting. Um, As you were chatting too, uh, I was thinking about a couple of things. One, I was thinking about, I was on a space yesterday with friend.tech and I know don't everybody jump on me because I know that's a very controversial topic. Uh, but one of the things that they were asking about, you know, is how do you verify that someone even on friend.tech is not a bot driving up your, you know, the value of your token only to have it crash. Um, and they, they also mentioned multiple verifiers of humanity. So you also just talked about that too. How do you see those different verifiers working together, but in a decentralized way, or do you think it, it can, it you think it could be a decentralized way? I think it should be a decentralized way, first of all. But from a practice perspective, like how does itself the verification process look like? I think this is, this is, this, we will have a major diversity there. So uh, we need to, in a way, divide these different pieces of verification or identity or even the thresholds requirements from the verification perspective, right? The today's practice where, for example, I'm buying an alcohol uh, in uh, a store and I need to show my driver's license, all I need to reveal is my age, right? But with the, the age, I'm revealing the rest of my information. Who am I, where I live, like, and all, all the kind of biometrics. So this is, I think, the not the good practice to follow. And with the decentralization and modularity, I would say, uh, of these solutions, we, and of course, the zero-knowledge proofs, we have first time in the history of identification, ability um, to custom tailor and set up the different thresholds for trust and verification mechanisms. And uh, even now, the fact that we have biometric uh, verifiers or proof of humanhood or social graph related, or even if you consider um, like the social networks, right? Based on the following and the social graph of your followers and uh, all these data analytics that could be used as something to differentiate the real humans from the bots and that's, they could serve as a, mm, filters within the space. So uh, yeah, we already see this quite diversity uh, and uh, my expectation is that it will grow even further and we will see more and more uh, industry players entering this space and building out their uh, process and frameworks or proof of humanity or any other identifiers. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, I have one more question for you, then I'm going to pass you back over to Phil. <clears throat> but also, if you're in the audience, you know, get ready for any of your questions, too. So now would be a great time to start thinking about it. Uh, I'm sure Phil will open it up so you can raise your hand and ask uh, some questions. Um, but in the meantime, let me give you another question, Lasha. So I think it's interesting that you guys have built cross-chain or multi-chain. And I think multi-chain is so important, and I think it's only going to get more important. Um, Did that cause you guys any challenges, building that cross-chain method of proving humanity? Uh, Or was it easy to do that? I think it's a very interesting question because it has one like this. I would try to answer one has this kind of philosophical experience-based answer that I personally have seen exactly 10 years ago how this uh, digital signature and identity space uh, kind of failed to deliver the interoperability within the real world. And I I think like we're trying to avoid that pitfall. Uh, And so that's why we we saw like, okay, cross-chain interoperability is very important from day one. Because if you have that diversity from a standards perspective, at a certain point, 
this uh, diversity become non-interoperable and to translate this on a user level, what really happens is that user ends up with like two problems. First is really the user friendliness. So you have like, like if you look at web through or the physical uh, physical world, right? So in, um, um, in the identity space. So sometimes you need to like register, provide your email, your identity pieces, and replicating this from one place to another, from third place to fourth. And it's just like a repetitive process that really ruins the entire user experience, right? And uh, in the end, you end up with a dispensed data all across the multiple services. So so it, it is something we thought could be a threat in the beginning, uh, especially in the multi-chain uh, picture. So we saw like interoperability from day one is exactly a path that will avoid this fractured user experience and enable you to generate one single credential and does no matter on which chain or off chain, you can just like, as an example, generate the proof that you're over 18 and you can use the same credential across all the ecosystems without replicating any of the processes uh, going forward. So I think it's a very tangible um, problem that we saw and we wanted to avoid. And secondly, it's about the ideology that you need to be able to port your identity from one chain to another, from one ecosystem to another, especially in the ownership realm. We need to understand one thing, like replicating your identity, your reputation, or the time you spent within the digital experience it's it is like unimaginable we don't have enough time to have like three four replicated identities across different ecosystems and chains so this ability to easily port um, and uh, your own identity is 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 again the same solution and the uh, idea that will abstain us from the kind of world gardens that was created within the web two world or even within the uh, real um, physical identity space. So yeah, it it was quite a challenge from a technical perspective, but uh, over time we sold it and we realized that Rarimo as an infrastructure can serve and make identities multi-chain and replicate the states and work equally effectively with the self-sovereign identity standards and credentials to more like on-chain reputation systems built by NFTs and SBTs. And yeah, it's a kind of a mix uh, that Rarimo can, uh, can work with. Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound like a, an easy thing to solve. And I, one of the things I love about Web3 is it's, we're kind of at the crossroads of like philosophy and code and your ideology and it all kind of comes together into how you're deciding to, to tackle these challenges and what sort of things you want to prioritize as you're, you're solving them, especially, you know, having to deal with uh, across multi-chains and everything like that. You know, earlier, um, you know, we were talking about how utility was really important for, you know, not only this partnership, but how both of our companies are approaching Web3 um, you know, so we'd like to have, you know, follow up on that. And, you know, with being able to prove humanity online, you know, let's say we're fast forwarding a few years and, you know, there's a, you know, a, a standard way to kind of prove that you're human across most of your digital world. You know, what are some of the new applications that you envision, you know, taking off then? Yeah, back to the proof of humanity uh, and the use and its utility. I think the one end-to-end use case we demonstrated uh, was exactly within the Web3 space. It's about like fair redistribution of rewards or incentives. So this is an amazing use case that we built out together. And uh, I think it will expand to, to other platforms as well and it could become a kind of standard in terms of the early community building. Uh, Another major uh, use case that I envision, it's about the overall content distribution or or this kind of building out more 
like social graph, social existence, and uh, interacting with the other persons on the internet. I, I think like it will become it, it it could become such a universal thing that I think proof of humanity will be like a basic first step in any interaction, and then it could expand itself, adding some additional attributes. So, for example, you could like. Uh, you need to prove your age because you're like over 18. So you, first you will prove your proof of humanhood plus the attributes of your age or like proof of humanhood and plus the attributes of your location. And it will be like interchangeably uh, used like that. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned, it could become a very natural thing of every online interaction. But on that note, I, I as well need to highlight from a developer perspective, right? We need, we have to work a lot and put a tons of effort to make it make this interaction or verification like super seamless. And uh, yeah, and that's a challenge that we're facing uh, going forward. But I'm pretty sure we'll get there soon. And taking your humanhood uh with you in every digital interaction it will be it will be just something even nobody talks about but it's always there so yeah that's how i envision exciting but, times uh, ahead but, but yeah one idea as well just like popped in my mind is that i think like this proof of humanhood with like additional attributes it will become a great tool for targeting whether it's like advertising whether it's like the uh suggestions or like content algorithm it, it can be absorbed both on the consumer level products to a more sophisticated uh, automated uh, uh, automated like uh ai type of uh implementations so it's it's a really i would say basic first pillars of uh, the digital social identities yeah absolutely we're really building you know the foundation here you know once you can own your digital identity prove you're human online it just opens up all sorts of possibilities um i just have a couple more questions here for both of you actually and they're, they're a little bit more high level uh, we like to kind of you know, wrap it up with some more big thoughts about Web3 in general. Uh, but also wanted to remind our listeners, if you have any questions, you want to hop up on stage, you're going to have your opportunity here soon. If you don't feel like doing some public speaking on Friday morning, that's totally fine. You can drop your question on a comment on uh, the space tweet that I have pinned up there. Happy to read that off for you. Um, so this is uh, for both of you. Maybe I will, you know, start with Sandy and then kick it over to Lasha. And that is, you know, you know, it, it's obviously been a, a roller coaster of a ride over the last year for Web three. You know, what advice do you have for projects or companies uh, that are building in the space right now? Mm. So my advice, first of all, would be to keep building. Um, I was at Amazon Web Services and, you know, when we had a down market, that's really where we accelerated our innovation and really took a strong lead in the cloud space. So I do believe that this market is for building. So this would be a great time to keep your head down and build. Um, at the same time, and I think Lasha has said this too, uh, you know, focusing on utility. I think this space for so long had focused on um, on the hype, you know, on the t-shirt, on the, you know, oh, let's do this press release. There's nothing behind it. I think focusing on utility is so important right now. Adding value, figuring out why a customer would want it. Why would they pay for it? Why is this something that can help them go to the next level or, or use it? I, I just think that that right now is, has got to be um, really top of the charts. And then the third one which was really fascinating. Yesterday I did like a little round table with some of our partners, just trying to, for us, for Unstoppable, trying to sort through what aren't we doing as a partner that you'd like us to do and what's really important to you. And I was just struck by um, two of the partners said to me, wow, Sandy, this is great. I'm going to do this. And nobody else has asked us what we want. Everybody comes in and they start pitching, um, you know, what they've got. And they're not asking 
what is it that you need? And thinking about, could I, could I build it? Does it fit my mission? Is this something that is, you know, required? Obviously you have to look at a market. So you can't just build everything for one partner or one customer, but sometimes simply asking the question opens up some things that you never, ever thought of before. So that would be kind of the three things that I would say, build, make sure that you're focused on utility and keep your ears open. Listen, you might have to pivot a little bit if you hear something different than what your assumptions were based on. Lasha, I'm interested in what you think too. I can't agree more. Like definitely the aspect that we need to understand that we're building up this entire space together. And the fact that sometimes we ourselves don't see the certain utility or how the product could expand. It's, it, it, it's a common practice within the startup world, right? And us being able to communicate sometimes, like even tweak around each other's products and be like supportive, like, okay, how can we enhance this or that is mega important. I think like when we started talking and like exchanging information i can confirm that first thing i spotted was like wow unstoppable domains is building such a great identity and social graph of each users and the real people that they have and that was like this is for me the proof of human humanhood right so this is exactly the kind of fruits of this type of approach that we've had uh, between our uh, companies and solutions. And on the other hand, what I would add to that is that I advise like, it's an amazing time now for the builders because like you don't have a, kind, a bit like distraction from uh, from the hypes or like the, 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 the kind of the comers who are not well incentivized within the space to to focus on the utility aspect of the solutions. And uh, for builders today, I think like we need to realize the basics that we hold a very powerful things that is an ownership concept, that is the kind of distributed architectures, that the privacy and all these new technology pieces like zero knowledge proofs, right? This is such a noble thing that we can absorb as an industry and to kind of build out the real utilities around that. We have this, I would say, like unfair advantage towards the traditional industries and builders because we can be faster, we can experiment, we can like make mistakes along the way. But through sharing and through upbuilding and this called type of collaborations, we will push the kind of boundaries of the utility of the Web3 and make it into a really tangible and user-friendly product. And yeah, this is this is kind of what I would suggest and advise the Web3 projects today. Very cool. It sounds like keep building, connect with other builders. Don't be afraid to experiment. You know, this is, this is a great time to come up with new solutions while the spotlight isn't on the space. So... Uh, when it comes back around, you are ready to take off with it. Um, and speaking of having the spotlight come back around, uh, Sandy and Lasha, um, where do you see Web3 in the next three years? Lasha, do you want to start? Yep, sure. I, I definitely will highlight that what, makes me personally and my team excited in the next years to come, I would call this decentralized social layer that gets built out on top of the blockchains. And we're like seeing this kind of early glimpse of social identities, this profile, these token standards. And time by time, it, it is capturing more and more value from a social interaction perspective. And I think this vertical will grow tenfold. And at a certain point, I'm, I'm like 100% sure that it will be much bigger than what we've seen with the fungible tokens 
or a DeFi because social interactions, they diverse, they're more complex. It's about like individuals. It's about value formation between two entities. So I don't know, it's an amazing ocean that's uh, in front of us. And um, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic and sure that next three years, this will be the main scene. Mm, I love that. I, I do think decentralized social networks and what's happening there is uh, is so interesting. And I, I also like it because you've got so many attributes of Web3 that get stuck in there too, right? Where you can communicate to a wider group of people uh, in an uncensored-like fashion as well. I, I think the other thing that's going to happen in the next three years is, and I don't, I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I think it's part of any tech's maturity will be standards that will come into play. Uh, we're already seeing this today with some standards bodies being created or consortium or alliances being built. Um, you know, one, I, I'm, we, we as Unstoppable are part of something called the Open Metaverse Alliance. And their mission is uh, to help with a, a user challenge which is, you know, avatars and skins being able to transform throughout the decentralized metaverse that exists. So if I have a skin in, you know, world one, why can't I use it in world two? What is that interoperability? Even land and how you address land with coordinates. Um, is Could there be some sort of standard so that, you know, once you learn it, it's applicable in all 8,000 decentralized metaverses that are out there. We see the same thing happen in blockchain gaming. Uh, there is the new Blockchain Gaming Alliance, which has been created to help form standards in games, mostly with uh, assets that you buy and that you can use throughout. And then, um, you know, Unstoppable has helped to found a group called the Web3 Domain Alliance. And we're looking to help really drive some, um, I don't know if standardization is not the right word, but assistance in assuming that and assuring that there's no TLD or top level domain conflict. So you've got a, an industry that's free of concern that you're going to have all these conflicts uh, coming up. And the reason that conflicts are a concern, you know, is that if you have two out dot algos, let's take for Algorand, if you have two dot algos that are out there, if you're a wallet, which one do you resolve? Like which one gets the money? Or if you're a browser, you know, which one, which website do you put up? It's a big problem. Uh, and Web2, you know, we have something called ICANN that has been managing it. But in the Web3 space, we need to do this in more of a Web3 ethos. And so I do think that we're going to start seeing, you know, just like we're seeing today in gaming and metaverses and now naming services, I think in the next three years, we'll start to see some standards that will emerge to help make interoperability and the user's experience much more of a trusted experience and an easier and simpler experience as well. Yeah, very cool. It sounds like, uh, you know, a, a lot of stuff is on, on the roadmap, um, you know, that we're heading towards. It's not that far away to have that decentralized social graph, to have some better standards in place. And that's all to really just going to help push the entire space forward. Um, I didn't see any other questions come in while you're both talking. So I think I'm going to move to the last question here, which is just giving uh, both of you, Sandy and Lasha, the chance to kind of leave us with any closing thoughts or alpha to share with the audience. Uh, Lasha, as our guest of honor, love for you to go first. You know, anything you kind of want to leave the audience with that can be about something exciting you're building, uh, last little bit of alpha, however you'd like to do it. First of all, I start with uh, thanking the teams on both sides of our companies for making this happen. And as a last thought, I will just repeat myself to the audience that it's it's an end-to-end -end use case of like multiple great technologies and partners. And I would advise everyone just to go and like participate in the quest or within the Decentraland, how to like go through the proof of humanhood using unstoppable domains or any other service and proving your humanity and getting rewarded with a digital hoodie, which is um, also kind of a 
uh, interesting reward mechanism by uh, by within the decentralized uh, ecosystem. So it's it's super important for us for Farimo for unstoppable domains for users to really test out, give us the feedback for us to improve and take it further, or just to listen to the audience and other builders, how could they take the same concept across other experiences or like improve or like grow it. So we're super open, Uh, feel free to reach out to us. And I'm pretty sure that we will be accelerating this user-centric experiences and real tangible use cases by once again working together. So thank you everyone on both sides of the team for making this happen. That was a great summary. Thank you, Alasha. Um, and I, I you, you notice I've, I don't know why I'm doing threes today, but I'll do three, <laughs> three things again today. So um, one, my takeaway is, you know, if you haven't looked at Raramo, um, Kitty and Lasha and the team are phenomenal and their solution um, has a lot of power to it. So go and test it out. Go, you know, go try going into the Galaxy Quest, go and, and check it out and make sure that you are understanding the space as a Web3 user. And, you know, again, a huge thank Lasha to you and Kitty for all the great work that you've done there on the partnership. Um, number two, I would say that I would love everybody to go and look at Proof of Humanity. I know I've had a couple of DMs during the um, during the session, Lasha, that said, "Isn't Proof of Humanity against the Web three ethos, though? Like we 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 can be anonymous." There's so much power in it, especially with zero proof that Lasha has been talking about. You're not going to be revealing everything and having everybody use everything. It's really to do the check. He keeps using the age example. Um, but there are so many other examples, like did you go to this concert or did you buy this item that are, uh, you know, anonymized, but you still can understand where someone's coming from. So I would I would just challenge you. I think that it does fit the Web3 ethos. Um, and I think you should go check out that proof of humanity. And then three, please go and do the Galaxy Challenge. It is so cool. I don't know, Phil, if you can post it up to the top so everybody has easy access to it while I finish this last thought or Liz, either one of you guys. Um, so the Galaxy Quests are really fun. I, I think, Lasha, I don't know what you think. But, you know, you're, you're going to go through and you're going to, uh, you know, go in there and you're going to tweet something. Is- you're going to retweet something. It's fun, right, Lasha, don't you think? Lasha, we can... Yeah, definitely. I, I, I enjoy it a lot. And the, the another one, the Central Land one, is as well a lot of fun and you can, like, Browse the round and uh, get some educational content as well about the digital identity. So it's a mix of like knowledge transfer and uh, uh, use case. So pretty fun on both fronts. Yeah, and it looks like Phil just posted it up to the top. So thank you for doing that, Phil. Um, so go take if you haven't done a Galaxy Challenge, you should do it. The quests are fun. Um, this will maybe be your warm up, but it's also cool to learn a little bit more about what Rarimo does and what proof of identity is, uh, I'm sorry, proof of humanity is, et cetera. So go check that out. That would be my final thing. Go and have, it's Friday. Uh, we're getting ready to celebrate the weekend. Go and have some fun. Go on a quest and uh, and give us feedback on it. You know, both Lash and I would love to hear, oh, this quest was fun, or maybe you could add this in, or this was too hard. We'd love to know that. And check it out. Um, if you get through that, you have a chance to win one of five premium domains, I know that caught the eyes and the attention of all our whales on the call. One of five premium domains, $1,000, um, you know, in the pocket. You don't have to buy anything, but it's super cool and a lot of fun. So go out there and try that as well. We would love for you to uh, provide us feedback. And again, Lasha and Kitty, I don't know if you're on, but thank you both for the great partnership. Thank you for, uh, you know, sharing the culture that we have. Thank you for everything that you guys have done. Uh, and making Web3 a safer and more secure space. Awesome. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Lasha, for those closing thoughts and alpha. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on a Friday. I think this was a really fun space. It's always great to to get deep into the philosophy behind why we're building what we're building in Web3. So I really appreciated you jumping on here, Lasha, and sharing 
all that insight with us. Give you a little round of applause here. And um, everyone else, thank you for tuning in. We're going to be back. Yeah, your, your, your applause is louder than mine. Sandy. I know. I love that. I think it's so fun. Anyway. Awesome. And actually, one, one last quick bit of alpha before we uh, sign off. Uh, keep an eye out for a little follow back campaign we're going to be doing next week. We're going to be reaching out to our friends in ENS with .eth handles. Uh, everyone's welcome to participate in it. There's going to be a Lil Pudgy up for grabs. Uh, of, you know, our, our CEO, Matt, is a big fan of the Pudgy Penguins, so he is uh, putting up a Lil Pudgy up for grabs. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be next week on Tuesday. We should be launching that. And then we're going to be back with another space next Friday uh, for unstoppable updates and answering all of your questions. So if you had fun on this one, please come back and join us again next week. Thank you again, Sandy. Thank you, Lasha. I hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Phil. You always do such a great job. So we're also going to give you a big round of applause. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, thank Lasha. You. Thanks, Kitty. See you soon. Bye-bye. See ya.